Welcome back for part two of my honest conversation with intuitive guide, spiritual self-care coach, tarot reader, Reiki practitioner, journalist, and podcaster, Jericho Mandibur. If you haven't listened to part one, that's okay. But if you do have time, I suggest you start there. Let's pick up directly where we left off. I shared with Jericho our perhaps addiction to professional reinvention, but that when it comes to self-work, it's more about slow progress to getting to know ourselves better. I asked her where she started. What was the first step she took on her own self-journey? Yeah, well, I kind of... I just spent a lot of time on my own and it's really because I was in a low place. Um, And I don't know if it had to be that way or has to be that way, but I think it, you know, without sounding like I'm promoting it, it was helpful at the time because I would never have given myself that much, yeah, silence and stillness just to kind of like be with my thoughts um, and I've always been a huge journaler so I've just been like writing 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 um, and I was just kind of like speaking to myself um, kind of like you were saying I had negative voice in my head I had the positive voice and I was just kind of spewing it all out onto the page as I always do um, and that was kind of enough for me to feel like okay you know I'm starting to really really consider how I can bring this into my life like I can't just have like this internal back and forth forever without like taking steps to you know change something before I felt like I was going to get any lower so I really think it's important to just like not look externally too much um and there's definitely a time and place for like reading books um and speaking to other people and you know looking for like resources um but it has to kind of start with yourself because if you're just kind of like taking a, a, a problem or a situation and layering on like, you know, self-help book and, and TED talk and blah, 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 you're not really giving yourself the opportunity to have that conversation with yourself. So yeah. I think it's really important just to start there and be like, what am I feeling right now? And that's something that I love using tarot for, but I also just love feeling it in my body, um, like listening to my kind of, yeah, higher self voice um, when I'm meditating and taking like a, a temperature gauge of like where I am and what's really going on and thinking about like what do I want and then what do I really want under that, you know, and what do I want under that and like where is this coming from? So just kind of feeling like you're in whatever way that works for you, like peeling the layers to where you're at and how you got there. And then... um yeah, I think the the extension of that is, like, not being too attached to an outcome. So, like you say, people are like, oh, I have to reinvent myself and I have to go from A to Z, like, overnight. And, um, like, for example, like, now I am, <laughs> now I'm a lawyer, but I really, really want to be, like, a healer. Like, how can I do that in, like, under six months? <laughs> like, yes. I totally understand the desire to um 
reinvent yourself and to imagine yourself in this other place. Um, but they're just two different versions of this kind of like external measurement of success and happiness and what it means to feel like when I get to that place or when I do that thing, that's when I'm going to be happy. Instagram bio and it will say this. <laughs> yeah. And like, then, you know, I'll be insert thing, happy, fulfilled, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I think it's really, really important to remember that like any spiritual teaching like worth its salt is going to tell you like you're exactly where you're meant to be. Like you are the you that you desire. <laughs> um, like you said before, um, it's about coming home to yourself. It's not about reinventing yourself. Mm. And wanting that thing, that image of, you know, success and happiness and coolness or whatever it is, um, it's just your ego like wanting to tell you that like you can't do X, Y, and Z until you X, Y, and Z. And that's just like a complete like an unworkable equation that's setting you up for failure. Mm, fuck, that's such good advice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the wellness industry and I guess like, you know, self-care as a a term now, you know, you've got some people who are like, oh God, self-care. Yeah, here we go. Mm-hmm. What is your, um? how do you think about that? I mean, it's the space that you're in and certainly I'm in, in a big way as well. Like how do you respond to people who maybe give you a bit of an eye roll? Cause I know it's becoming like a bit of a commodity, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I totally get the criticism um, of the kind of like the, corporatization or like the the self-care as a marketing tool thing um because that's real you know and I'll I'll see that in like sponsored Instagram posts and I like all the time Mm -hmm. it'll be like self-care Sunday and it's a picture of like I don't know like fit tea or some like some expensive product um so yeah it's it's the kind of problem with every word that like enters the mainstream um And I totally encourage people, like, if self-care feels, like, awkward or, like, squeamish to you, like, use something else. Just use, like, self-development or, like, self-nurturing or um, whatever. Just don't even give it a name. (laughs) Like, you know it when you do it. So Mm -hmm. that can be enough as well. Um, So, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting time because self-care, like, needs to be spoken about, right? It's really important that, like, it reaches as many people as possible because nobody is like more or less deserving of self-care than anybody else in the world. Like our experience of life, our traumas, our um, emotional well-being, like they're all incredibly precious and that's something that like we all deserve is to nourish ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and to care about ourselves and to take care of our basic needs. Um, And as women, like when none of us are encouraged to really do that, like we might have more resources than the person next to us or something like that, but that doesn't mean that (laughs) we're treating ourselves the way that we should by any stretch. So I think it's kind of like just one of those things where you have to take the good with the bad. Like when something gets really popular, that's really amazing because then more people can know about it but then it also immediately just gets (laughs) co-opted by all these other people that want to sell it um and 
unfortunately, I think that's just the way that everything goes. And to dismiss like self-care wholesale because, you know, oh, that's like what makeup brands do to like get you to buy like facial creams or whatever um, is just kind of, you know, like dismissing a really important conversation. So I think you can critique the way that it's kind of sold without like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Um, And it can be difficult, but I think it's really important to kind of like, like um, flesh out like this kind of murkiness and have this conversation where we can kind of say, these are the complications and this is an okay thing to talk about, you know, like we're, we're all kind of right. Like nobody's really coming at it in, with, with like bad intentions. It's just that it's one of those things that like we have to kind of figure out as we go along because it's so, um, it's really new that more people are, are hearing about it like as a, as a term and as a thing that we can all like benefit from. So it's kind of like learn as you go and like not be afraid to like make mistakes and feel like you have to um, like interrogate how you're doing things again and again and it's just all learning. If I can please be frank, anyone who rolls their eyes at the term self-care or spirituality has a lot of self-work to do. Minimising it or labelling it mass because marketers got their hands on the term is a disservice to its potential. My advice to you is to politely challenge that reaction and perhaps even ask those people if they're okay. Jericho explains. That's very real. I think the judgment of, well, the the kind of like shutting yourself up um, because something seems like not super cool or not super accepted by the people around you, like I feel that so strongly with spiritual stuff as well as self-care stuff in general because, like I said, like it wasn't super cool to like tarot and stuff a while back and and, like it was cool when I was really young and the craft – was on TV, on um, at the cinema and that kind of stuff, and then it wasn't, and then it was again. So it's just you know like waves, the ebbs um, and flows. Wow, the ebbs and flows of whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I feel like it's kind of um, something mm. that can really stop people, um, and it stopped me for a really long time. And it's I think it's just only because I um, I grew up a little bit and like I entered my early thirties and now I live overseas and I'm away from my like immediate social circle and that kind of thing that I was able to fully just be like, you know what, fuck it. Like, I don't care what you think of me. Mm. Um, and that's really hard to do, but it's so, so cool when you can do it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I feel you. I, um, I'm walking around just feeling 100% of the time emotionally exposed. (laughs) But it's so good because, you know, I see people that have known me for a decade or so and, you know, they'll come up to me and be like, oh, are you, how are you? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm the best I've ever been, Mm -hmm. you know, because you listening to me talk about my pain is hard. It's harder for you to listen to it, I think, now than it is for me to talk about it. Mm. because I've healed so much. Um, it's actually quite fantastic, like just being, I just feel so truthful mm. all the time and exposed. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is great. It, yeah, it's like a drug, like it feels beautiful. It's like so like scary but thrilling and it just makes me think, God, I wish I was like 
um, braver to like talk about this stuff earlier and be that like freak person in high school. Like I, I just wish I could go back and like be more myself earlier and waste less time. So that's the best advice I reckon. Um, now I want to talk about something. So I respect you a great deal and I look up to you. And so when I invited you to be on offline, you graciously accepted. And that was just like, I absolutely high-fived myself because you just never know if someone's going <laughs> to um, You know, but you also politely raised that the women represented on offline maybe aren't super representative of potential listeners. And I have to be really honest and say like, because I, I'd felt that I'd sort of acknowledged it in like literally November last year. And so I've mm. actively been trying to sort of lean into that and challenge and interrogate the guests I want to have on for myself, you know, mm-hmm. like really thinking about why that person, you know, and could you look harder and try harder to have a more sort of diverse set of voices and, and cross-section of people and opening it up to men as well and um, people who identify as femme or female. Um, and so when you raised it, you know, it was hard because I had that like immediate feeling of like, fuck, I'm failing, you know? And Mm. then you gave me the best advice back, which was the fact that I'm even thinking about it and planning with it in mind means that I'm getting it right. Mm. And that we so often feel so scared that we're going to get it wrong, that we just stay quiet. Mm. And so I would love you to talk about that because I feel like it would be like really of service to the women listening because I think maybe we're, we're just unsure how to express it. Mm. But we are thinking of it and we're conscious of it. And so broadly, you know, what what as creators and creatives, what do we need to be doing to be, I guess, cultivating a more inclusive wellness industry? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much for bringing that up. That's like so sweet of you. Um, I think it's just doing stuff like, like we did, like in that moment, like having a hard conversation mm. and being able to look at you know, I know this is awkward, like full, full transparency, like this is a hard conversation to have. Um, but like, how can we think about like being more inclusive? It's, it's really like that simple. And somebody else asked me recently, um, what I thought about how to make the wellness space more inclusive. Um, and the best thing I could say was just listening Mm. and I think that's what you're going to be doing, you know, bringing in guests and having them holding space for them to like tell them tell their story and just listen and then have the audience listen and there's a a ripple effect that that creates whereby like we're just um like hearing from more and more and more people um Mm. which is what it's all about you know because um people of like different identities and backgrounds like have their own stories and like they they're they don't need like an interpretation or like for someone to like speak on their behalf. Like they're already having those conversations. We're just not necessarily like hearing them um, yeah. because we're not necessarily like actively looking to for where they're happening and to hear them. So I think it's just kind of like stepping aside a little, like everybody really just needs to like step aside a little and let other people have the floor, so to speak, um, which I think is what like, you know, like interview format podcasts are really, really good for, um, but also just little things like following people on Instagram um, who 
are really just kind of like sharing advice to um, like would-be allies or just anybody basically who's following them on like their life and like what they want and need from the people around them and from like the wellness industry. Um, so, yeah, I, I think without kind of like um, like complicating it too much, mm. I think it's as simple as like understanding that when you are like trying your best, like you're doing a really, really good and noble thing because it is easier um, if you're a person that's in a privileged position over someone else in some way, it's a lot easier to just ignore <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah. I'm too scared because I don't want to get called out because that would make me feel like, uh, you know, guilty and like ashamed of myself in some way. Um, and obviously, you know, we see all these conversations in the media and such where people are being kind of like publicly like um called taken out down, and isn't it? taken yeah. down yeah and so everybody is like so 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 scared but um I think it's just kind of like being like willing to learn is never going to backfire because you're you're yes. you're doing what anybody what all all that anybody is asking which is listening and learning so mm. um I think to be on like the right side of history and that kind of thing, it's just as simple as being like, I want to listen. I want to learn. Um, I'm curious about other people, which if you're like a journalist, you know, a podcast or something like that, you're naturally curious anyway. So it's just kind of like um, not closing yourself off to anything because you're afraid, but just kind of like seeing what's out there and how other people live and think and knowing that that's not like, um, that's not, kind of like an intense or weird or scary thing that's just kind of like you know like like learning about people just like you would any other person Mm -hmm. um there's nothing like confronting um about it if you just kind of think wow like I had no idea you know like if, if things feel like confronting or emotional like there's a reason for that and that's a learning experience um but they don't need to be like scary yes yeah and I guess like the way I'm thinking about it is just be both humble and brave enough to get it wrong you know yeah you know yeah, and then totally. hope that you're cultivating a community that will look at the work you've done as a body of work mm-hmm. <laughs> over many years. Um, yeah. And that is putting yourself out there and trying, I don't know, enough. But no, I just, I did want to raise it because I remember distinctly having this conversation with Mandy, who's an old colleague of mine, and I'd launched the podcast. And I guess I'd, I was about five ahead, which any good podcaster will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I guess I'd had about four or five out there and I was sitting with her and I said, Dal, like, fuck, like it's really making me sort of stop and assess not only my social circle, you know, Mm -hmm. but the work that we've been doing on these brands for the past handful of years too, because, you know, I can't, I can't sit here and do this podcast and um, just interview perhaps um, white beautiful women who are privileged, um, kind, generous, hardworking, strategic, all of those amazing things. But I can't, can't stand behind this, you know, if, if I don't sort of 
lean in and it's just, yeah, I just really value that you raised it with me and the way you raised it was so gentle um, and so caring and with such respect for what I'm trying to do. And I think that that that's learned. I mean, I don't know how you even know how to do that, but that's going to be, <laughs> that is going, you have provided me a template, you know. Oh, thank you so much. Oh I God, think it's important you. to kind of remember that like we're all just doing our best and social media can make it so that we feel like it's okay to yell at people. Um, and sh- I feel like everybody is justified in in being angry and outraged when things are like, um, you know, unjust. Um, but also like... I would say, you know, for me personally, it would make me very uncomfortable to feel like it's okay to act in a way that like isn't gracious to someone else just because like I'm such an a sensitive person and I've been trolled on Twitter like when I was at Mashable, for example, for stories that I wrote um, by like 16-year-old, you know, like um, conservative white kids in America. Oh, wow, (laughs) yeah. it, It feels like horrible um so you know again like I think that people can can be angry and outraged by things out in the world in general and that's actually really important um but at the same time like personally if if I want to um speak to somebody about these things I want to make sure I do it in a way that's like from a spirit of like learning and respect and generosity because that's what I would want somebody else to to do with me as well Mm. anyway (laughs) I value you and I value the conversation that we had so thank you um thank you I cannot let you go without talking about obviously astrology and tarot (laughs) yeah I actually put a little um I put a little call out on Instagram today to see if anyone had any questions I didn't say who I was interviewing Surprise, this is who that was. Um, But one of the questions that um, came through, which I think would be really valuable for you to sort of talk about is in relation to astrology, how do our sun rising and moon sign work together? And I guess it's not until I did my sort of natal chart that I figured out how all of those things fit quite beautifully in my life. Um, But can you unpack that just a little bit for us Um, and then how we should sort of use that in our to sort of maybe navigate our lives and perhaps feel a little bit more expressed? Mm, Yeah, that's a really good question. And I will caveat this by saying that I'm not an astrologer (laughs) Um, as much as that that would be like amazing for me and say another like 10, 15 years. um, I have a lot of work to do in that area and study. But I think like the, the way that I like think about sun, moon and rising signs in like a shorthand, like easy to remember way is the sun is like your ego and your identity and how you see yourself. Your moon is your inner world. So it's like your emotional state and your rising is kind of how you like show up in the world. So how you act in the world and therefore how other people perceive you in the world. So that's kind of the you that you're expressing outwards. Um, So, yeah, people think about, like, sun, moon, rising as, like, you know, the big three um, and they introduce themselves to each other using those as well. But then obviously there's all the other planets and they all have, like, amazing insight. But, yeah, I really like asking people their sun, moon, rising sign and then just, like, trying to 
paint a picture of who they are mm. in my mind straight off the bat, for better or worse. But um, yeah. Can I so, tell you mine and then tell me what Oh, you, my God, please. Oh, my God. So I'm Cancer, Sun and Moon Ooh. and Aquarius Rising. Oh, my gosh. So but then, like, the how I kind of present to the world, I was like, fuck, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah. I project Aquarius when I've always kind of thought – I'm just a cancer gal through and through. Like, mm, yeah. Interesting. Is that surprising to you? Yeah. But also, no. But it's interesting, the Aquarius rising, because I haven't really met any or very few, like, Aquarius risings. But I can see that for you in the sense that, like, you're not the most um, – like hard on your sleeve, like I'm just going to like come up to you and give you a big hug and be an emotional person. Like I think you're very like composed and intelligent and you kind of present yourself um, with your ideas first. So how I see you is actually really Aquarian because it's the collective, it's innovation, it's like moving the world forward in this progressive, like exciting way. where you're using your intellect to kind of like be a little bit of an outsider or a revolutionary in like helping, you know, humanity progress, which totally sits with you and like what you're doing. And then your cancer is just your beautiful, like gooey center, which I love. (laughs) You just made me feel so good. (laughs) Oh, good. I have an Aquarius moon, so I really like talking about Aquarius stuff. Oh, God, that makes me feel awesome. I love that this has been like totally like a full reading for me. Um, okay, I'll have, I'm going to ask you one more question, then I, I ask all of my guests a final question. Okay. Um, one on tarot. So a couple of girls wrote in and they've recently bought a deck, um, mm. but they're unsure kind of what they should start with or like how to begin exploring that. What mm. would be your advice? Oh, okay. So, a lot of people say that tarot is purely intuition um, and I think that that's a huge part of it. But I would also say like reading a good tarot book is a really good place to start just in terms of like having a little bit of a foundation of like the meaning of the cards. But m- memorizing them and all that kind of thing is really not essential. I think the best thing to do to like become familiar with new tarot cards is to practice like a daily pull. So like Every day, pick a card, have a look at it, really just sit with the image and the feeling that it evokes for you. So, like, what does this mean for me? Um, What do I see in this? Like, write it down. Think about, like, your relationship with that card and try and understand that card specifically. And then you can have a look in the book as well and be like, oh, cool, like, (laughs) it means this, actually. Um, But that's not to say that your interpretation isn't valid um it's nice to have like a foundation of like a traditional meaning but you know every tarot reader is different and tarot is highly highly subjective and it's okay that like your meaning might be different to somebody else's um but yeah I think the best thing to do is get to know cards like maybe one at a time one day at a time definitely write down things like even if you're not Mm. a huge journaler just take a little bit of notes on how you think about the card and how you feel about the card and then go back to it at the end of the day and see if you can like flesh out your like understanding of that card a little more based on how the day actually unfolded just because 
then you can be like, oh my God, actually, yeah, I did have a little bit of an experience with like this type of energy today. So um, don't put too much pressure on yourself and just kind of start there and get comfortable with them. And then you can kind of like start doing spreads and other fun stuff as well. Yes, that's where I'm at now. <laughs> um, I actually can't, cannot wait to um, your book and deck is out on April 2. And if I do my calculations, this will be out at this, like, it'll already be out by the time the podcast comes out. Oh my gosh, great. Yes. So I cannot wait to get mine and get stuck in actually just, and just knowing that you created it and it came from you and it's your baby and brains, you know, I'm very much looking forward to, to feeling a bit attached to it in that way. Um, Oh, made with love. Yeah. Um, So I ask, yes, each of my guests a final question. Um, as you know, offline exists as an exploration of self and who are we without the labels we put on ourselves. Um, mm. You know, so for you, for, for a good chapter right now, it's been editorial director of Girlboss Media, um, amongst many other amazing things. But when you sort of sit in true self, um, who are you and sort of how does that, what comes up for you when you when you think about your true self? Oh, that's so beautiful. Um I really think about my family. <laughs> like I think of myself as a daughter and a sister really strongly. Um, it's interesting that that's the first thing that I thought of. Mm. <laughs> but I think that's because I miss my family. Oh, and I bet you do, gosh. Yeah, like I, when I think about who I am, I, I think that's family is so important to me and that's the biggest thing that I'm kind of like dealing with being so far away. Um, and then as a person... I really believe that I'm sensitive and like creative and I have things to offer and I like have something to say and it's hard still to really fully own that when it comes to like, you know, owning your voice. Like I know I have a lot of things to think, but having a lot of things to say, especially behind the veil of another brand or company, um, is still the thing that I'm working on, especially now because I'm like, you know, I'm studying coaching, um, I'm doing tarot reading for people, I'm kind of like, yeah, expanding and I'm still halfway through that process as well. So Mm. I think I really, I'm working on seeing myself more as like somebody of um, like, just somebody of power, like somebody who can really take up space rather than having my own internal world as a Scorpio where I just write in my journal and do my own little like witchy thing. Like I think of myself as that by default, but I'm learning to think of myself as somebody who's like out in the world, really like standing in their power as well. Mm, Jerrica, that's so amazing. (laughs) Um, I have to thank you for being on my bloody podcast. Thank you so much for having me on your bloody podcast. It's been a joy. (laughs) Like, honestly, you're someone I really respect and look up to and I really value the work that you're doing. So, yeah, having you on is a thrill and a highlight and I knew this conversation would be as good as it was for me. Likewise. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Honestly. Yeah. I feel like I've just had a really good coaching session or something. It's, it's been gorgeous and I really, really love like your questions and just the way that you, just the way that you are. I think you are kind of 
naturally like a really beautiful space holder and I just can't wait to see like how what you're doing like grows and expands as well oh thank you I'm gonna ask you for your advice so once please do oh my gosh only if I can ask you Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them. <laughs>